17. Revelation chapter 17. We started this study for the young people two months ago for the older young people. And then we had last last uh, month, we did a study for the littler young folks. And so this month we're back to finishing uh, our study that we started two months ago about Babel and Babylon, Mystery Babylon. Revelation 17 verse 5 talks about the woman who rode the beast in, 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 uh, in the tribulation time. Verse 5 says, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Where, where did this, uh, this Mystery Babylon start from? Uh, that's what, we're, what we have been looking at. Go to Revelation 18, please. And we see the end, the end of this Mystery Babylon. Chapter 18, verse 2, and he, and he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So this mystery Babylon is the, is the religions of the world, the, the one world religion that uh, uh, comes to extreme power during the tribulation time. And... Uh, during that time, God is going to destroy destroy her and destroy the the nations that participated in 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 uh, her vile vile affections, her idolatry, in other words. But we're going to go. I'm going to go back to the back now and operate the pictures, and hopefully, you'll be able to hear me from there. Testing one, two, three. Okay, so Babylon's religion, mystery Babylon, came. We can trace it all the way back to the Tower of Babel, and then after uh, the Tower of Babel in Babylon itself. Nimrod is the one that we look, we talked about uh, two months ago, who started this mystery Babylon religion, and the first one under Babylonianism is self-worship, that colored one in blue. And Babylonianism, which is Mystery Babylon, uh, it, the, uh, the core of it all is self-worship. That's the, the most important one to remember. Babylonianism is self-worship. And everything else kind of stems out of self-worship. And we looked at good luck worship last, last time, good works worship, star worship, serpent worship, and we stopped at occultism. And that's where we're going to pick up tonight. The Tower of Babel was preeminently an act of idolatry. It was the beginning of the mystery religions that permeated the world. Revelation 17.5 says, Babylon is the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Every religion of the world can be traced back to Babylon. The names of religions have been changed. The idols, the false gods and goddesses, their names were different in every nation. But it is the same religion With the same false gods, Satan has simply updated and modernized them for each succeeding generation. 
The tower was constructed about a century after Noah's flood again. And Paul describes what happened in those days. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Romans 1, 21-23 tells us. And then it goes on. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. We know that idolatry is spiritual adultery or harlotry against God. This is why God named Babylon's religious system, which is the beginning of every kind of idol worship, Mystery Babylon. Uh, uh, God, excuse me, this is why God entitled it Mystery Babylon, the Mother of Harlots and Abominations of the Earth. Again, Babylonianism is all those things. Babylonianism is occult worship. Babylonian religion was steeped in occultism. Occult, occult means secret or hidden. It's the attempt to delve into the mysteries of life and death, to peer into the future, and to manipulate the forces of life through occultic practices. Methods of occultism include consulting the stars, communing with spirits, communing with the dead, enchantment, and divination. It involves such things as witchcraft, wizardry, sorcery, and magic. The ancient kingdoms of Babylon, Assyria, Persia, Greece, and Rome were steeped in occultism. The Assyrian king Ashurbanipal boasted of his abilities in the occult. He said, I can discern celestial and terrestrial portents. I am able to discuss the reading of the liver, divination. I have read cunningly written text in Sumerian, Dark Akkadian, the interpretation of which is difficult. That's what he said. Reading the sheep's liver was a popular form of divination beginning in the 3rd millennium B.C. They had interpretive texts inscribed in clay made in the shape of the liver. This clay image of a liver dates to about 1900 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar used liver divination to determine whether to attack Rabath, uh, Rabath of, or Jerusalem. For the king of Babylon stood at the parting of the way at the head of the two ways to use divination. He made his arrows bright. He consulted with images. He looked in the liver. Ezekiel 21.21 21 tells us. An Assyrian, we have here an Assyrian priest examining the liver during the siege on Lachish in Israel. They also consulted the stars, interpreted dreams and unusual events, analyzed the paths of birds and many other things, as if those things had anything to do with, with the lives of men. The Egyptian Book of the Dead was occultic. There were magic spells to supposedly assist the dead person's journey in the afterlife. The spells were written in the, the Egyptian tombs. Occultism is a major part of Hinduism. It's come all the way down to us today. Atharvaveda don't know if I'm saying that right, but Atharvaveda involves magic rituals for punishing enemies and the acquiring of wealth and health and general prosperity. The Tibetan Book of the Dead is a modern version of ancient occultic practices uh, from Tibet pertaining to death and reincarnation. And it involves the attempt to delve, into, to delve into and manipulate one's supposed future lives, which we don't have, through meditation, mantras, magic rituals, vis- vis- visualization, wow, etc. 
Occultic practices include tarot cards, I Ching, palmistry, and Ouija boards. These are all popular things in the New Age, the New Age movement. Don't get involved in these things. Many people make their plans based on auspicious and inauspicious days, like the Reagans, which are determined through consulting the stars, dreams, etc. Ronald Reagan's wife Nancy and the Beatle John Lennon both did this. Rock and roll has been permeated with occultism since the 1960s. The Rolling Stones sang Sympathy for the Devil and included a voodoo ceremony in their Goat's Head Soup album. Hollywood has been a huge promoter of occultism. There's a few uh, movies that they put out, just a few, the tip of the iceberg, that have occultism in there. The Harry Potter books promoting witchcraft to children have sold 325 million copies, and the franchise with the movies has grossed $24 billion. Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, built a $265 million Harry Potter theme park, and within a few months of its opening, in 2010, Universal's overall attendance surged by a million people. Disney World now hosts an annual Harry Potter Day. Babylonianism is also goddess worship. From Babylon, this goddess worship and every other religion spread throughout the earth. The goddess was known by many names. Tyche, Athena, Isis, Artemis, Juno, Aphrodite, Hygiela, Minerva, Fortuna, Ceres. A prominent Babylonian goddess was Ishtar, and one of her symbols was the lion. The lions decorating the gates of Babylon represented Ishtar. Another of the symbols of Ishtar was the star. Goddess worship is prominent today in Hinduism. <coughs> Excuse me, it is a part of Buddhism. Goddess worship is prominent in the New Age. A search at Amazon Books brings up thousands of titles. Sue Monk Kidd, a popular writer who used to be a Southern Baptist Sunday school teacher, journeyed from Catholic contemplative mysticism to New Age and now worships goddesses. She built an altar in her study and populated it with statues of goddesses plus a mirror to reflect her own image, supposedly to reflect the goddess within. There are two major aspects of and attractions to goddess worship, immorality and power. Goddess worship is first of all about immorality. It has always been steeped in, in immorality, starting in Babylon. It is the deification of immoral passion. Sacred prostitution in connection with their sanctuaries was a universal custom among the women of Babylon, according to Haley's Bible Handbook. Wherever Babylonian idolatry is practiced, society is morally debased. The moral filth spread from Babel across Mesopotamia and beyond and resulted in the destruction of the pagan nations occupying, occupying Canaan when Israel entered the land. The Bible said, told the Israelites, Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. <coughs> Excuse me. Got to get a drink. <coughs> Idolatry's sensuality was the enticement that caused Israel to sin repeatedly. And Israel abode in 
Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Numbers 25, 1 through 3. Many Hindu temples are decorated with pornographic images. Shiva worship, Krishna worship, and tantric yoga are all immoral. The same is true for the New Age, the New Age movement. It is founded on the new ethics, which is moral relativism. Babylonian idolatry has blossomed in the end-time rock and roll, Hollywood, Bollywood, pop culture, which has filled society with adultery, fornication, divorce, pornography, abortion, homosexuality, and demonic violence, and which has separated the generations, torn apart the family, and nearly destroyed the institution of marriage. The hippie summer of love in San Francisco in 1967 with Woodstock two years later, was acclaimed as a great turning point in modern society, and it was all about Babylonian morality. The modern fashion industry is Babylonian to the core. It is committed to manipulating the male's lusts and the female's vanity and emotions. The captains of the global fashion industry, many of whom are homosexuals, are clever people who are demonically inspired in their business. Strewn across every element of the pop culture, are images of females in various stages of indecency. This is Babylonian goddess worship. The ancients saw such images in the statues that lined their boulevards and graced their courtyards, but they didn't have high-definition video and smartphones. The Babylonian world system and its sensuality is a major temptation to God's people today, as it was in the early churches. Revelation 2.14 tells us about that. It has had a deadening influence on churches, in my own lifetime, Dr. Cloud says. <clears throat> the Bible said in Revelation 2.14, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit fornication. Cloud says, I recall as a kid longing to stay home from church on Sunday nights to watch Ed Sullivan, Bonanza, and Disney. Church was so boring compared to such things, and that was only the very dawn of the modern pop culture. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. 1 John two fifteen through 17 Goddess worship, secondly, is about power, self-fulfillment. This is what appealed to Eve way back in the garden. The devil promised her, Your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. Genesis 3, 5. The goddess was often depicted as a mighty huntress. Here is Diana, or Artemis, in her huntress aspect. This is the embodiment of the modern feminist movement. In her most extreme element, the goddess had a lust for violence and could conquer men and devils. This is Kali, or Durga. Her multiple arms wield vicious weapons, and she relishes in brutally violent and bloody acts against men. The Canaanite goddess, Anath, or Astarte, of the Baal epic, supposedly acted accordingly. The Baal epic says this, She slew the men of the east, she waded in blood up to her knees. Under her feet were human heads. She decorated herself with suspended heads. Her liver swelled with laughter. Her heart was full of joy. Sounds a lot like uh, Kali today. Miss USA 2016 winner Deshauna Barber embodies both aspects. 
The sexuality aspect is evident in her participation in a sensual beauty contest. The feminist power aspect was evident in her philosophy. She said, quote, As a woman in the United States Army, I think it was an amazing job by our government to allow women to integrate to every branch of the military. We are just as tough as men. As a commander of my unit, I am powerful. End quote. Babylonianism is also mother goddess worship. The mother goddess and child were known by names such as Astarte and Tamas, Isis and Horus, Venus and Adonis, Fortuna and Jupiter. Here's a picture of Isis and Horus. Also Tyche and child. The mother-child were a part of the ancient Babylonian Egyptian zodiac. In China, she was worshipped as Shin Mu. Mother goddess worship is still found in Hinduism. This is Indrani and the child Murugan. This is the Hindu goddess Saptamatrika in child. Note that she has a halo, just as in Catholic art. Mother goddess worship also exists in Buddhism. This is Guanyin holding baby. Where did this all begin? At Babel. When Nimrod died, his wife Semiramis, or Semiramis, however you want to say it, I say it Semiramis, was with child. She gave birth to Nimrod's child, claiming Nimrod was resurrected or reincarnated in the form of his son. Semiramis claimed deity with her child and demanded to be worshipped, which they did. Hence, Mother Goddess was associated with death and resurrection. Another myth is the son of Isis, who is known as Horus or Tamas, died and rose again. Both of these are a demonic usurpation of Christ's death and resurrection and points to the coming of Antichrist, who will be wounded unto death and resurrected. The pagan mother goddess was known as the mother of the gods and the queen of heaven. The mother goddess was Christianized by the Roman Catholic Church as Madonna worship. Rome's Mary was sinlessly conceived, participated in Christ's suffering for mankind, ascended bodily to heaven, and was crowned queen of heaven. She intercedes for sinners and answers prayers, supposedly, but it's all a lie. In 1935, Pope Pius XI officially gave the Catholic Mary the title co-redemptrix, which means co-redeemer. The influential book Glories of Mary by Alphonsus Mary de Licori, a Catholic saint, calls Mary our life, our help, our advocate, our guardian, our salvation, the hope of sinners. The only person who those apply to is Jesus Christ. Rome's Mary is a central figure in her churches throughout the world. In Rome's churches, Mary is bigger and stronger than Jesus. Jesus is dead or dying in strong Mary's arms, or he is a baby at compassionate Mary's breast. At the major Mary Basilica in Rome, she is depicted as seated with Christ on his throne and being crowned Queen of Heaven. She is depicted as the Queen of Peace. She is even hanging with Jesus on a large crucifix outside of the church. Mary is hanging on a cross holding Jesus in a Catholic church in Warsaw, Poland. At the St. Stanislaus Koska Church in Chicago, Mary is even seated on the very Ark of the Covenant, where God resided in the Jewish temple and she is worshipped by angels. Blasphemous. Mary veneration received a massive boost under the papacy of the late John Paul II. He had the Latin words totus tuus, meaning I am totally yours, embroidered on his robe to signify his devotion to Mary. 
When he was shot by an attempted assassin, the Pope gave praise to Mary for his recovery. John Paul II dedicated the whole world to Mary. The restoration and promotion of Mary veneration is a major part of the Catholic Church's new evangelization program, which began in the 90s and is gaining steam in the early 21st century. And it all started in Babel. Babylonian religion is also mystical worship. Mysticism is the attempt to penetrate the unseen spiritual world and to experience direct communion with the divine. Every aspect of ancient idolatry was mystical. It involved all sorts of rituals and practices such as prayer wheels, prayer beads, water rituals, lighting candles, ringing bells, ascending temple steps, and meditation. Hinduism today is steeped in mystical practices, including chanting, candles, bells, prayer beads, and particularly yoga. Don't get involved in yoga. Buddhism is also steeped in mysticism, including chanting, chanting, prayer wheels, circumnavigating stupas, or their temples, and meditation. Babylonian mysticism was Christianized by the Roman Catholic Church to form a major part of its monastic spirituality. It was practiced by Catholic mystics such as Teresa of Avila and Ignatius Loyola. Today, Roman Catholic Babylonian mysticism is spreading throughout Christianity and is at the heart of the end times harlot church. It is promoted by all these people, Richard Foster, Dallas Willard, Tony Campolo, Rick Warren, Bill Hybels, Beth Moore, Max Lucado, Philip Yancey, Lee Strobel, David Jeremiah, Chuck Swindoll, and many other evangelical leaders. It is communion with devils, masquerading as God, and it leads to spiritual shipwreck. Oftentimes it results in a belief in in pantheism, which is God is everything, or panentheism, which is God is in everything. Cloud has documented, documented this in the book Contemplative Mysticism. Babylonian religion was also creation myth worship. Boy, do we have that today. The Tower of Babel crowd replaced the account of creation of the world by Almighty God in six days with creation myths. One of the popular Babylonian creation myths said that at a time when, quote, men were still living without discipline and and order, just like animals, quote, a half, in quote, a half fish, half man monster named Oannes came from the sea and taught men skills such as building, mathematics, and writing. Boy, that sounds an awful lot like evolution. Babylonian creation myths were kept alive by pagan religions throughout the world. The, the Hopi tribe of North America believed that man emerged from the earth, just like evolution, as the product of the sun god Tewa and the earth goddess Spider Woman. The Australian aboriginals believed that man arose from nature, evolution, and at first were shapeless bundles that were part animal and part plant. Boy, that sounds like evolution too. And the Ungambicula, whoever they are, carved humans out of the bundles. The Chinese Pangu creation myth held that the heavens and earth were born of a big black egg. The Mayans and Aztecs in South America believed that the world was made by the feathered serpent god Quetzalcoatl. In the 1700s, skeptics such as Charles Darwin's grandfather, Erasmus, promoted evolution. He was friends with Benjamin Franklin and prominent Unitarianism. Uh, prominent Unitarianists, I, I suppose. Erasmus taught that man evolved from the sea 
and his coat of arms consisted of three scallop shells with the motto, E Conscious Omnia, Everything from Shells. In his book, The Temple of Nature, Erasmus ascribed creation to the goddess Urania, priestess of nature. With the publication of Charles Darwin's On the Origin of the Species in 1859, the myth of evolution spread rapidly through both secular and Christian circles. Today, it is the most popular creation myth. Babylonian religion is also the spirit of commercialism. Babylonianism is unrestrained commercialism. In in addition to idolatry and, and immorality, this was one of the chief characteristics of the kingdom that arose from Babel. It characterized the city-states of Ur, Uruk, Nineveh, Asher, Mari, Ebla, and Elam. It characterized the empires of Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. The idolatry was integrated with the commercialism. The temples were at the heart, heart and soul of the commercial enterprises. The temple of Ishtar at Uruk, or Eric in the Bible, had a staff of hundreds and controlled at least 17,000 hectares of agricultural land and extensive date orchards. During the reign of Shulgi in the late 3rd millennium BC, the temples of Ur owned massive flocks of sheep and goats amounting to 350,000 animals. There was a passion to buy and sell, to conduct international trade, to create desirable goods for which men and women would lust, to pursue a level of profit that would make the seller rich, to lay up wealth and collect possessions. This is Babylonianism. And the passion for commerce was not limited to legal means, but extended to to deceit, fraud, theft, kidnapping, murder, war, and pillage. Babylonianism is the passion to fulfill the lusts of the fallen human nature. Jesus taught that the sins of the flesh are associated together, And they come from the same source. Adultery is associated with murder, covetousness with idolatry, deceit with theft, pride with foolishness. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Mark 7, 21-23. The Bible associates covetousness with idolatry, Colossians 3.5. This is because the covetous person puts money and possessions before God and his will, whereas the first commandment says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might, Deuteronomy 6.5. Jesus taught us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6.33. He warned of the sin of the rich man who layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Luke 12:21. It is not wrong to make money to meet life's responsibilities. Ephesians 4:28 and 1 Timothy 5:8 tell us that. It's not wrong to have possessions and enjoy them. 1 Timothy 6:17-19. Or to plan wisely for the future and its obligations. But it is wrong to put anything before my relationship with God. To do so is the essence of idolatry. The spirit of Babylonian commercialism is the spirit of unbridled lust and the pursuit of the pleasures of this life apart from a right relationship with the true and living God. It is loving the creation more than the creator. (coughs) The book of Revelation describes the spirit of Babylonian commercialism in full frenzy in the end times.
For all nations have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Revelation 18, 1-3. <coughs> Revelation 18 goes on and says, And the kings of the earth have lived deliciously with her, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thyene wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her that's Revelation 18. This is an amazing prophecy in light of the system of global trade that exists today. Multi-billion dollar corporations such as Apple, Microsoft, Nike, Disney, Starbucks, Sony, and Samsung do not merely sell things. They promote a Babylonian philosophy of living as one pleases apart from the shackles, as they want us to believe, the shackles of God's holy laws. <clears throat> The only God of these global corporations is the God of self, and that is pure Babylonianism. Revelation 18 is an amazing prophecy in light of the unrestrained covetousness that characterizes the end-time rock and roll society. People have been murdered for a pair of sneakers, have sold their kidneys for an iPad, and died in the frenzy of a Black Friday shopping spree. Amazing. Covetousness drives the multi-billion dollar business of gambling havens such as Las Vegas and Atlantic City and Macau, the international stock markets, and the national lotteries. Revelation 18 is also an amazing prophecy in light of the emphasis on music and the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters. Revelation 18.22 In time Babylon is addicted to its music. The soundtrack of end-time apostasy is rock and roll in all of its ever-changing forms. So Babylonianism, the very core of it is self-worship. Good luck worship, good works worship, star worship, serpent worship, occultism, goddess worship, mother goddess worship, mysticism, creation myth worship, commercialism. Every false religion in the world can, can and does find its roots in Babel's Babylonianism. There isn't any, anything new under the sun. The European Union is a step in the direction of the formation of the Antichrist's kingdom. This statue of a woman riding a beast is outside the EU headquarters in Brussels, Belgium. The Euro coin has a woman riding a beast. This depicts the goddess Europa, which is a direct descendant from Babylon. The European, uh, here's a European Union advertisement about Europe, many tongues, one voice. Notice the artwork depicts a painting of the Tower of Babel, a painting that was made in 1563. Even the European Union building in Strasbourg, France, is a partially finished Tower of Babel. Interesting. Babylon is the devil's empire. And one day the Antichrist will sit upon the throne of end-time Babylon for a short period. Everything is primed and pumped for that event, and the only thing that is keeping it back is God's love for souls. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us who are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3.9 
If we want more information, you can go to these uh, places to get more information. This is done by Way of Life Literature, Dr. David Cloud. I'll go back up to the podium at this point. religion started there in Babel all right you ready for a quiz on that hmm. I got my quiz oh there it is it's in Revelation 17 and 18 that's a good spot for it all right how many kids we got 11 and younger tonight 11 and younger and how many 12 and older 12 to 12 to 20 we'll say pretty even we'll go with it again 11 and younger 12 to 20 all right but we're going to switch it around we're going to have to have the older kids answer first older kids here's your question what do tarot cards ouija boards and palm reading all have in common Occultism, very good. They all come from the occult. They are part of Satanism. Younger kids, true or false? It is spiritually acceptable to the Lord if I watch a movie with occult teaching in it just as long as I do not actually participate in the occult practices. True or false? False, very good. All right. Older kids, do some days have more good luck than others? Are some days just full of bad luck? Yes or no? Are those answers? (laughs) No, you are right. Some days do not have more good luck than others. That is a false teaching of Babylonianism. Younger kids, Whoops, I'm getting confused. I'm sorry. That was a younger kid's question. All right, younger kids, you'll have, you'll get uh, your your right question. I gave it. A, <coughs> I did it did it badly. So anyway, younger kids, should a Christian play games? <coughs> should a Christian play games that come from witchcraft or the occult? No. no. You got both of those questions, movies and games. Good job. All right, back to older kids. I think we're on track again. Quote a passage or give the address, you know, John 3.16, or paraphrase. I'll even let you do that. A passage of scripture that makes it clear that we are not to watch movies with, with witchcraft in them or play with witchcraft games. You didn't cover that in that in those pictures. I sure didn't. You should know your Bible this good. All right. That's pretty good. But that's a little bit general. Can we get a little bit closer? 
Okay, that's getting closer. I wrote down Ephesians, I'll, I'll let you have it, but Ephesians 5.11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Ephesians 5.11. Younger kids, true or false, famous people or important people that we might see on the news or on a TV, like President Reagan or President Biden, are always good examples for us to follow because people only get to be on TV if they are good people. True or false? False. Not just good people get to be on TV. All sorts of bad people are on TV. Older kids, again, quote a passage, give the address, or paraphrase a passage of scripture that tells us we are not to believe that some days are full of good luck and others are have bad luck in them, like the Zodiac and the Horoscope teaches. I'm pushing the limits tonight. (laughs) Quote a passage, or give the address, or paraphrase, a passage, passage of scripture that tells us we are not to believe that some days are full of good luck and others are bad luck. Um, that, it sounds like it's talking about that (laughs) off the get go, but actually if you get into it, that's not what it's talking about. (laughs) I thought of that one right off the bat too. And I looked it up and like, oh, rats. (laughs) But I don't know. Should we let them have it? It sounds good. We'll let them have it. How about uh, Galatians 4, 8 through 11? I'll just... Uh, 8 through 11 is where it starts. Verse 8 is where it starts. But verse 10 says, Ye observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. So that's one good one you can go to. All right, younger kids. Can clothing and the way you dress, which is called fashion, be displeasing to the Lord? Yes or no? (laughs) Yes, you're right. It can be displeasing to the Lord. Older kids, what has a deadening effect on a daily basis on a Christian's spiritual senses? What has a deadening effect on a daily basis on a Christian's spiritual senses? true if you hear rock music every day (laughs) but what do you encounter when when you leave home every day you cannot avoid it that has a deadening effect on our spiritual senses you might not hear bad language every day but yes it does but in general we're being a little too specific here Yes, the world, our culture, 
Culture. Culture is the one I was looking for, but yes. The world around us. Culture has a deadening effect on a Christian's spiritual senses. Younger kids. When we start wanting to watch a cartoon more than go to church, does Jesus like that? No, he doesn't, does he? That's loving the world more than Jesus, isn't it? Older kids. Where did the idolatrous idea of the mother of God and the queen of heaven begin? Well, yes. That's almost too easy. Yes. Anybody remember her name? Samaramis or Semiramis, however you want to say it. Samaramis. But yes, with Nimrod and his wife and their child. I forget. Anybody remember what the child's... I guess she called him Nimrod again, but... I think he had another name, but anyway, doesn't matter. <clears throat> Younger kids. What mother goddess worship is still around today? What mother goddess, and we named a lot of them, but there is one that you probably should know about. Yes, that is mother goddess worship is idolatry, but what specific one? That's that's not, it's in Buddhism, but that's just a religion. What idol? There's somebody with a name. There you go, Mary. Mary worship is mother goddess worship. And we have it today. Older kids, what is the primary false god of Babylonianism? And it's behind every idolatrous form of Babylonianism. Self-worship. Self-worship. Very good. Younger, Younger kids, true or false? Yoga and other meditation practices are how we are to meditate on God's word. True or false? False. That is correct. Yoga is not a proper meditation, Christian meditation exercise. Older kids, in the Babylonian system, we see the beginning of every, what? Every false religion. Yes, in the Babylonian system, we see the beginning of every false religion. Younger younger kids, true or false? This is the last one. A sin as innocent looking as coveting after something has gotten people killed. Just the sin of coveting after something has gotten people killed. True or false? True. Yes. A lot of people have died over things. They wanted something, and they tried to get it, and they got killed doing it. All right. Well, I guess they tied. There's a lot of general answers I got tonight, but that's probably my fault for my my, my questions. But very good. Babyl- Babylonianism, the false religions of the world, are all part of that one terrible world system that Nimrod and his... His wife and those under him started way back in Babel. It is still with us today. It's going to going to become the one world church, one world religion 
that is going to, to come to power in the tribulation, and God is going to finally, finally put a stop to it uh, toward the end of the tribulation period. All right. Well, let's go to our prayer time. Well, let's pray and, ask, uh, and close this time down. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word, and thank you for uh, being uh, greater than all the false religions of the world. Thank you, Lord, that you, the, the time frame of this world is in your hands, and it's because of your uh, great patience that these other religions are even here. Thank you, Lord, that you want all men to be saved. And, Father, help us to do our job and get the gospel out while we can. Bless now the, this prayer time. In Jesus' name, amen. Do we have some new prayer requests, prayer lists? I got a, a message from Sister Dorcas that they have begun passing out some tracks. They, they only have one, I believe, one track. Uh, but they have begun passing those out, so please be in prayer for them, that God would protect them from any uh, negative repercussions from the both the, the real government and the rebel authorities as well. P- please keep Brother Dale in prayer. He's very sick with this cold. Uh, I went went by his house today, and he stuck his head out the upstairs window and kind of growled at me. <laughs> Not because he intended to growl at me, but that's just because of what his voice sounded like. Uh, I could barely understand him, so he's pr- pretty sick. So please pray for him. Also pray for Sister Soria, a brother Jonathan's mother down in Tijuana. Um, she's getting sicker and sicker. So please be praying for her and for, for wisdom for Jonathan as well. And Jaden is he's doing fine. Uh, they haven't had an actual update. He's just been doing the chemo. And thankfully he's handling it pretty good. So praise the Lord for answered prayer there. Uh, in two weeks they're going to have a C, another CT scan. Uh, and it might tell them something, but it's kind of... It might not tell them anything useful either. So pray that it does tell, tell them something useful. Uh, but uh, keep him, keep praying for him. He's doing well, but they really don't know what's going on yet. Keep Brother Jack and Sister Sarah in prayer. Pray that they will know what the Lord's will is for them. Pray that they get their uh, paperwork back. Anything else on your heart this evening? Yes. Alex. Homeless. Pray for Alex. You met him when we were down there, or you met him recently? Yesterday. All right. Hmm. Might really be homeless, huh? Pray for Alex. He might be saved, but he's homeless. He needs a job. And pray that he really is saved as well. That's the most important thing. Yes, sir. Evaristo. To get saved? Can't be a priest anymore. 
Okay, so pray for Evaristo, a Spanish Catholic that needs to be saved. Brother, what was working with Brother Jack? Yes. Pray for Aunt Doralyn to feel better. She's also been fighting this bad cold. Sister Sarah is not here tonight um, because of uh, some family things with her brother, um, but she, they're all fine. They're all well, but she, that's why she's not here tonight. So you can pray for the family family issues with her brother. I don't know what's going on, but you can pray for the Lord's will to be done there. Anything else? Pray for Mrs. Bond. She's been pretty weak. Um, she's not getting over uh, a stomach a stomach bug. It's just just hanging on with her. So pray for her. Yes, sir. Okay, pray for, pray for Pastor Sheldon in the the Dalles, the the one one good church there. He's eighty seven years old. He fell down. He's having a hard time physically. So pray for him, please. Also pray for um, us. We saw a house today that uh, we would be willing to buy if if our house actually sells and all that good stuff. We had an inspection on our house today. It's the buyer who has made an offer. It's all dependent on how much stuff must be done to my house to bring it up to VA loan standards. He's willing to work on it for 35 days, but this inspection today will tell him, should tell him, if it's doable or not. So pray that it is doable so we can sell our house. And there's a house on Walden Road that uh, we would be willing to buy if if the Lord will, would will it that way. So be, be in prayer for all that, please. It's uh, 12 minutes from here, down, down Apiary. An old 1974 single-wide mobile home that's been added on to. So it's not financeable. <laughs> all right, anything else? Okay, let's go to a prayer then, please. Remember our nation, remember lost souls, and our missionaries.